We should swirl the ice around a little more. Also, you're the one responsible for kicking off. Oh, I says who? Because I'm reading the chapter. We it's make always... our own rules. Well, there aren't any rules, <laughs> but there is a convention. The rules are... The convention <laughs> is that the person who's not reading the chapter is the one who... Uh, hello, and welcome to Romantic Underpinnings. That's Andrew. Hey. I'm Ashton. We're your hosts. We're co-writing a historical romance novel set in the year 1690. We have gender-swapped the hero and heroine roles, and one of them, the heroine, was under disguise as a man, but she's been since found out. They're making a mad dash way across France to steal some secrets, and that's where we are. They're on their way to Paris. Yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. When you say gender-swapped a romance novel... You don't mean, well, I mean, there is some gender swapping going on on the part of the actual character. I meant I'm the woman and I'm writing the man's part and you're the man and you're writing the woman's part. I think at this point, chapter 23, people will be prepared for that. I don't know. I don't want to make any assumptions. I mean, there's people finding out about the podcast through word of mouth. And, Ah. you know, depending on which, like, podcasting app they use, it might just, you know, start following and just have the latest one downloaded by default. Well, I really hope they go back to, if you're listening to this and it's your first, it's your first entree, go back to chapter one, because that's how books work. True, and we are alternating reading chapters of this book. Didn't and, I say that? Um, not in so many words. Oh, we, I have written the chapter this week, and Andrew is cold reading it, meaning it has not been edited, it has not been proofread, really, other than like some minor things that we catch during the first pass, but this is a rough first draft. As always, and as it should be. Right. One good thing, if people are... Um, tuning in now for the first time, even though you have already stopped this and gone back to chapter one, if you're still <laughs> listening and you should stop now. But if you're continuing to ignore me, at least you know that we sorted out our um, audio quality issues. Uh, right oh yeah, sorry. Chapters one through six are yeah. not ideal. But starting from chapter seven with some minor deviations. Which is hilarious because chapter seven <clears throat> is notoriously bad on my end because I wrote it. Oh, uh, well, it's not bad because you wrote no, it. No, no, it's. I'm saying it's bad, and I'm allowed to say it's bad because I wrote it. But mm. I did some very weird stuff with tenses because I could not get my stuff together to make it work out right in my brain. So, fair enough. I'm sure this chapter will be a sparkling cathedral of perfection. Oh, I'm sure. Wait, what is the? Is it the the sparkling spire of the cathedral of Rouen of? Oh, yeah, that kept popping up when our characters were around Ruan. And just to avoid stranding... We sure know how to set a scene. Yeah, just to avoid uh, stranding our characters in a city, I basically had them go nowhere and do almost nothing in the last chapter. So I'm excited to see what you did, if anything, which you weren't obliged to do to actually move the plot forward. True. Um, I did. But yeah, I wasn't obliged. I felt I felt sort of obliged because I introduced some random person in the middle of nowhere, but anyway. Yeah, speaking English, accosting our band, which is traveling overland toward Paris because they had to hide their boat. Um anyway, I think it's time to start reading. Well, lastly, if you want to find us out in the world of social media, we have a Twitter. It is at 
rom under pod and an instagram which is at romantic underpinnings and a website which is romanticunderpinnings.com that's all true and you should do what you will with that information all right so i will commence reading chapter 23 let's explore language romance and resilience and welcome to romantic underpinnings so the first two words in chapter 23 in the Google Doc are chapter 22. Damn it! <laughs> but the actual title of the thing is right. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Like I titled it correctly and then... You must have done the thing where uh, like Google Doc automatically sucked up the title from the first line of the document. And then you fixed it in the title bar. But no, then... I just started a blank oh. document, typed it in the... T in the where the name of the document uh -huh. went and looked for chapter 22, which I didn't find because it hadn't been shared with me. Oh. And then was thinking about chapter 22 and then titled my document <laughs> chapter 22. Oh. That's actually what happened. Because I just read it off of yours last time. So I didn't have it in my Google oh. Docs. So then I was like, oh, the next is obviously 22. But your odd numbers. It was a whole thing. It took me like... Mm -hmm. you know, five minutes or whatever to figure it out. And I was like, oh, he never shared it. That's why I... So, well, but then I was already thinking about 22. Yeah, because you listened to the podcast five times in preparation for writing. <clears throat> well, instead, because I didn't have any actual words to go off of. Yeah. I didn't listen to it at all, by the way, so it might get weird. I didn't listen to it, and I did not reread it. <laughs> so, so, you're just going from the memories of the recording. Mm -hmm. For all you know, I cut everything out and put in a totally fake chapter I would have it's had true. to imitate your voice. You could have easily just, it could be ASMR for 30 minutes. I have no idea. I don't even know how long it is. For however long it said. Oh, that reminds me. We should get going. So I'm going to read this chapter. All right. Anthony stood aghast at the edge of the, the clearing, staring at his men as they worked to break camp. Agatha was similarly stopped next to him. He could feel her tense up as she realized that the man who'd held a gun to his head wasn't tied up, wasn't being watched, wasn't anything. He counted his men again, double-checking the numbers. There was one more man where there hadn't been before. Where was, there... There was one more man where there hadn't been there... Yeah. <laughs> where there hadn't been one before. All right. That's what it was supposed to say, but I don't think it says that. Not... Exactly. No. Unconsciously, he reached for Agatha's hand, winding his fingers through hers, sent a surprising shock to the base of his spine. He was constantly being taken aback by the effect she had on him. He strode toward his men, plus one, who were working diligently, straight toward Lobo. His men plus one. That would be... Mm. No, like, I think that, um... That'd be a good, like... <laughs> backing band name for Anthony, like Anthony and his men plus one um, putting on a cabaret show in Paris. Maybe, maybe because she's a woman. Yeah, yeah. So that would maybe, be good. Yeah. Maybe. Well, when this becomes a musical, highly critically acclaimed, the stage version can be called his men plus one. <laughs> Why have we not thought of this as a possible musical before? Oh, I definitely have. What do you mean? I think of everything as a possible musical. Oh, my God. <clears throat> yeah. The songs just 
leap Almost off the page. Almost write themselves, right. Mm-hmm. Maybe <sighs> not by us, because we're no Lin-Manuel Mirandas, but you know. No, I'm I'm Lin-Manuel Mirandrew, and I'm going to do a great job. <laughs> I hate that joke so much. <laughs> I would believe you more if you were musically inclined in the slightest. You are sitting... Four feet away from an electric keyboard right now. Yeah, but you can't carry a tune to save your life. Yeah, but I literally have played the piano. <laughs> One time. Yeah, I took lessons when I was like six. Oh, so how long has it been? A thousand years? Yeah, 30 some. <laughs> but anyway, the fact that, you know, uh, I have a very bad singing voice will... That's true. Not put me in bad standing for when composing yes when i write songs and who who is gonna like we know that for the movie version or the tv miniseries version uh the uh, anthony the hero is gonna be played by um uh mr outlander (laughs) (laughs) whose name i'm forgetting sam something sam heigen i don't know how to say it it's like h-e-u-g-a-n Haugen? Hagen? But would he also star in the musical? I don't think he sings. Yeah, we'd have to find... We we need to... Let's come back. That's to be like kind of a requisite dancer, too, I think, right? Oh, yeah. Only triple threats in this. Yeah. So... uh, We could get one of the people from Hamilton. Like the guy who... The really hot guy who plays Aaron Burr. I knew you'd say that. (laughs) Leslie Odom Jr. (laughs) Why do I... Did you know I'd say that? I just thought He's you might say talented. that. He's very talented. What can I say? He is a triple threat. That is, is what we need. Um. Anyway, so let's see what someone who is simultaneously Leslie Odom <clears throat> Jr. and uh, Senor we Outlander. Can, we can get Angelica Schuyler to play Agatha. She's also very good. Ah. I could. I don't know her name either. Do you know her name? How do I? How do I know that it's Renee Elise Goldsberry? <laughs> that you know it i'm so bad with actor and actresses names i never know i mean i did just call that one guy mr outlander but anyway that's true um yeah we don't have an actual female lead for agatha for our our mini series though that's who's it gonna be oh it's gotta be the woman who plays um erica alexander oh that's her real name who plays um maxine shaw maxine shaw <laughs> that would be so good. Are they the same age? Outlander dude's like 40. How old is nah, she? No, Maxine Shaw. I mean, sorry. Erica Alexander is <laughs> at least 50 now. Oh, damn. I, think I don't, actually like don't care. 50s. I'd be into it. Yeah, she could play like Whatever. a She would play an woman. excellent pirate, like female. Like she, the role, I think, as Agatha, she would be excellent. She would be better at performing swashbuckling than I am at writing it. Right, exactly. Like, she's very... She could do it, I think. All right, so... Don't you think? Yes. I don't know if they are necessarily a good pairing. We might have to rethink Mr. Outlander. And I'm pretty sure... I feel like... It was exposed in Living Single that she can't sing, although maybe that was... No, she was. she She was singing... She, like, got up on stage. Remember, she, like, serenades Kyle. Yeah, but wasn't it bad? No, it was amazing. Oh. I think. I thought Kyle Whatever. just serenaded her. But the documentary series, she doesn't need to sing. Because Angelica Schuyler oh, is playing yeah. the stage version. Why are, you, why are you saying Angelica? I can't remember their name. Renee, what'd you say? Well, no, no. Uh, no, but it's Angelica Oh, jeez. I don't know why I'm saying Angelica. <laughs> What's her name, though? Renee? 
Renee Elise Goldsberry. So Renee Elise Gold. I, I feel like it's slightly rude of me not to know their actual names. So I'm going to work on it. But. All right. Well, yeah, you, you don't want to accidentally like screw that up when we're in, you know, contract discussions with right. them as, <clears throat> as, in our capacity as executive producers of the musical and or TV show. The guy who plays um, Kyle would be excellent as Anthony. I just so want, we just basically wanna... I just want to redo Living Single because I loved it so much <laughs> as a historical romance. Yeah, which would be amazing. <laughs> okay, so wait, now I'm trying to think of the other roles. Um, yeah, mean, you just want the whole cast, so like Queen Latifah yeah. is gonna be in it, and <laughs> well, she's gonna be um, char- like Lobo, right? And then what's her name? Oh, who's from Minnesota? Oh, what's her name? Kim Coles is the actor. Well, you're right, but what's her name in the show? Sinclair. Sinclair can be um, Charlie. <laughs> I really like this. Overton can be Dipper, which would be hilarious. Oh, my goodness. It's ready. I'm ready. All it, right. all, it all happened. They'll all be speaking with a British accent because they're supposed to be British, except for Erica Alexander, who will have some weird... Oh, she'll be Dutch. Dutch. <laughs> she could do it. Um. Well, now that we've helped out um the immense population of the venn diagram between uh <laughs> living single fans and romantic underpinnings which i listeners. think it might just be us too <laughs> go watch living single everyone and then so go back to episode one of the podcast and put those people in the spots <laughs> where are we missing there's one oh the girl who plays um oh what's her name I forgot. Uh, I don't even know her real name. Regine is oh, the yeah. actress's is the character's name. I have no idea what her real name is. And someone was probably like hitting their steering wheel in frustration yeah, like, because they're like they so, haven't talked about Regine yet. Right. We gotta do Regine. She can be um Well the only one left Jack? is Jack. <laughs> we might have to do some swapping. She might have to be Dipper and Overton can be Jack. I can't wait for this. <laughs> so good no one is on board with this but i love it i don't care now i want them to do the musical too oh my god that would be good i'm here for it whatever who cares if they can sing they can just lip sync well uh kyle can sing well enough for everyone that's true kyle can just sing all the parts all right what's his real name i was hoping you wouldn't ask oh god i don't know overton's real name either uh neither do i (laughs) This is great podcasting. Sorry, everyone. Okay. <clears throat> oh, yeah. that That's right. This all started because of his men plus one. Who <laughs> 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 were working diligently straight toward Lobo. What is the meaning of this? He demanded. He felt a small tug on his hand. He hadn't realized that he was still holding Agatha's hand. Lobo looked at him as if he were mad. Maybe he was. Captain, he asked. Lobo stood, looking at him in all his sleeveless glory. He really needed to put on his spare shirt. I disagree. I had to fix it. It was bothering me the whole time. You, I hated that so much. I don't think you understand. We're, we're going to have nothing to put on the cover of this book. We're putting Kyle and Erica Alexander. What more do you need? Okay, fair, but oh, Kyle is going to be sleeveless. No, he's not. 
It makes no sense. You don't know anything about- I've been writing Anthony this whole time. He would not do that. <laughs> really didn't like it. I did not approve. <laughs> Our readers, I mean listeners, <laughs> approved heartily. Nuh-uh. We'll have to uh, put up a poll on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> who walked around like this? He really wished he had grabbed the spare bit of rope from the saddlebags instead of ruining a perfectly good shirt. <laughs> I really did not impress. Because why would he do that? He has no other clothes. Well, let's <laughs> let's go to the writer and and see what you said about it. I'm I'm telling you what I said. But in the moment, it had seemed like the best option when he didn't want to leave Agatha unattended with the usurper. I had to do something. Well, that's because in the moment, it seemed like the best option. Did it, though? Did it, did it actually? Because the guy was knocked out. Doesn't matter. <sighs> okay. Let's, uh, I would actually, character. you didn't actually rip anything. Yeah, no. Because you can't. Because also, that's a perfectly good shirt. And why would you want to ruin it? Well, I don't want to stop the podcast long enough to get scissors. Um, I'm not strong <laughs> enough to rip it, but I'm not as strong as Anthony. That would not... If I was, like, in a near-death experience, I would not be impressed by the macho man ripping his... I would be like, why did you do that? Yeah, but look at the end result. I have just rolled my sleeves up, exposing my... Hair. Hair. E-arms. And they're semi-substantial. Uh, <laughs> and... Semi... Hold on. Hold on. Yes. You, did you call your own arms semi-substantial? Yes. They're not completely insubstantial, uh, but they don't have as much substance as <clears throat> Anthony's. I mean, I think we have the same diameter. Yeah. <laughs> so you're calling... Okay. Anyway. My arms are semi-substantial. And so what are mine? <laughs> exactly like that's not <laughs> well your arms you're a little you're like a little smaller than me so i disagree so your arms are more impressive that right. they've reached my diameter dear listeners i'm pretty sure we're gonna have to measure oh my goodness <laughs> okay that's gonna be on a bonus episode between <laughs> chapters we'll record it we'll put we'll place oh bets oh my god um, I'm pretty anyway. sure they have similar circumferences. We'll find out, won't we? This is um, okay. Let's let's read more of the chapter. <laughs> I'm ready. What is he doing? Anthony asked Lobo, side eyeing their new crew member. I said that. Now I have to interrupt again. Like, <laughs> I just. I mean, obviously, people have been side-eyeing each other for hundreds of thousands right, of years. Right, he's, like, you know, jerking his head and, like... Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, the actual term is Right, so right. New. The words... Yeah. Right. But that's what he's... He's, like, looking at, uh, you know. Yes. No, I I, I love... I I like that he's, That's what he's you know. actually doing. That, I don't know what the, like, anachronistic... Anachronistic way to say that is, or like the appropriate. No, what I said is anachronistic. Yeah. I don't know what the opposite of anachronistic way to say that is. Uh, possibly contemporaneous. Um, I mean, we're not really. No, no, no. I mean, like of side eye. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I'm. Uh. You know, like. 
You looked at him out of the corner of the eye. That's so no. many more words. I think it's uh, looked at him askance. Oh. I'm pretty sure that looking askance is side eyeing. Oh. However, I don't think I think that's what looking askance is. Huh. Well, now it's. Did used... you just pull that out because of Renee? What's her face says that in her song? No, I am playing by the seat of my pants. It's true. However, <laughs> uh, no, I'm pretty sure that. Like, looking askance now is used more figuratively, but I think originally oh. it did actually come from something I resembling see. side-eyeing. <clears throat> um, so now... Dear listeners, he's rolled his sleeves back down. Well, it's really uncomfortable because... Is I, it? Well, it would be much more comfortable had I ripped them off of the shirt, <laughs> but they were getting all crowded in my armpits with my current configuration. I think you got cold. Your shoulders got cold. <laughs> my shoulders... Will never get cold because of the aforementioned hair. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. <clears throat> Lobo shrugged. Anthony could grow to hate that shrug. Lobo's nonchalance nodded him. Well, Captain, it turns out he's on our side. He's a deserter from the British Army. Not exactly the bravest of chaps. But he's like to be an asset, Lobo explained. And you believe him? Anthony ground out. He held a gun to my head. But he didn't shoot you, did he? <laughs> Lobo asked, nonplussed. Anthony strode over to their new friend. A deserter, eh? He asked the strange man, still gripping Agatha's hand. He turned his body so that he was blocking Agatha from his view. He didn't know who this man was or what he was doing here, but he absolutely didn't like it. And he didn't like that Agatha was here. The man turned to him, looking at him straight on. He was thin and lean. He looked like he'd been living off the land for months. He had thinning brown hair and looked haggard. His face and frame were angular. He reminded Anthony of a hummingbird, flighty, jumpy, and territorial. Are hummingbirds territorial? Extremely. Extremely no territorial. So they're like pecking each other with their tiny, cute little little needle beaks? Yeah, they're like rude ass birds. Yeah. You really mm -hmm. didn't know that? They're kind of dickheads. Oh. Yeah. They're not nice birds. They're really nice to me when I just like walk outside and hold a finger out and then they land <clears> on me. <throat> oh, I'm sure. Anyway. Is this before or after you've ripped your sleeves off? Oh, yeah. And no, slathered that... yourself in, like, sugar, honey water. I mean, I I, it, I had to start by slathering myself right. in sugar water, but eventually, now, as soon as they hear the ripping of the sleeves, they come even if I haven't sugared myself. <laughs> sugared myself. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> The small man sized him up. Yes, sir. Name's Dunley, the man said plainly. I actually looked up good names for hummingbirds, and Dunley came up. And I was like, that sounds good to me. I don't People know why. Name hummingbirds? I guess. Who knows? Oh. I just liked it. Wow. And that weird, huh? All right. Um, I'm trying now. I'm trying to come up with a name for my hummingbird friends. They just sort of hang out with me. But um, you my favorite named one, your friends. Well, my favorite hummingbird. Just call them hey you. No, I would name a hummingbird something like Meadow Bright. Ugh. Anyway, something <laughs> something very sylvan. I don't like it. 
Well, yeah. I mean, you're just resentful that I have so many deep friendships. I'm not. They're rude as hell. You oh. can keep them. <laughs> Good. Fine. Yeah. His speech was short and to the point. Anthony could tell that he hadn't had much education. He'd probably joined the army for lack of other choices and resources. And what, pray tell, and, oh, sorry, that's me. And why, pray tell, Dunley, did you hold a gun to my head? Anthony asked, baldly. Dunley blinked, and then blinked again. He was twitchy and breathed in and out in short bursts. Anthony waited. Well, uh, sir, I, uh, my wife, sir, Dunley started. Anthony waited, his patience wearing extremely thin with this man. He was tempted to kill this tiny man and be rid of him and keep him away from Agatha. What about your wife, sir? Anthony barked at the small man. She, uh, was pregnant, you see, when I left. I promised I'd, a eh, get back by the time she, a eh, the man tried to explain. His speech grated on Anthony, so he cut Dunley off. But why the gun? Anthony asked in a staccato. I, a eh, thought you were French, the man said, as if that explained everything. Anthony waited. I was... I'm hungry, he twitched out. Anthony looked to Lobo. Did you feed him then, he asked casually. Lobo nodded in his direction and continued breaking camp. The men would soon be ready to go. It was nearing nightfall, and they needed to make headway on their journey. Fine. We've fed you, even after you threatened my life. Now be off with you, and we'll be on our way. Anthony said. He could feel Agatha starting to loosen her grip on his hand to prepare her own belongings and for the journey ahead. The man made a sound. Yes, Anthony asked. Could I, a eh, come with you? The man asked nervously. Anthony's eyes iced over. The man took a step back from him in fear. Agatha's hand was suddenly tight again in his hand. What? he asked. He couldn't believe this man. I, uh, don't have any other choices, and I'm hungry, he said. I could, uh, be of use, I swear. I know where the, a, uh, armies are located, yes, he said. Anthony didn't know why there was a question at the end. Anthony considered. Agatha pulled on his arm, warning him. We don't have space on the mules, Anthony said. I'll walk, sir, eh? All I ask is that uh, you take me back to England eh, with you when you go, he implored. Anthony thought about it some more. It would be extremely useful to have someone familiar with both the British and French camps <clears throat> before they walked into a group of armed soldiers who were trained to kill any enemies on sight. Anthony sighed. He really didn't like this man and didn't want him anywhere near Agatha. He's very insecure. I what? mean, I guess insecure. He's not insecure. I don't. I don't know. Like, definitely not insecure. Okay. I don't think 
He he's just, concerned about her safety. He doesn't like the idea of some random bro that he hasn't vetted out joining their team and like sleeping on the ground and like mm-hmm. having a gun and being around. The gun them. is a little. Hopefully, they took the gun off him when they let him join. I mean, but even so, he like knows how to use a gun, which isn't like general. Not. I mean, he's mm-hmm. not. Plus, Anthony, so, he like, when he chose the other members of his crew, he, like, knew them all personally, like, had some sort of reference, was Mm. associated with them in some way, like, knew what he was getting. This guy just showed up out of nowhere. So, it's yeah, it's, like, inherently dangerous. He doesn't think, like, they're gonna, like, run off and sleep together. He thinks that this dude is a threat to all of them, but he's, like, Mm -hmm. most particularly concerned about Agatha. I see. He just wants to protect Agatha from... Yeah, he assumes the rest of the men can mm-hmm. protect themselves, right? Because yeah. like, they're men. They're his. Well, yeah, now they're the men plus one. And the plus <laughs> one is really an issue. Okay. After a moment, he finally nodded to the small, twitching man. Whoops, I skipped a sentence. Anthony really didn't like this man and didn't want him anywhere near Agatha. But he could help them complete this cursed mission faster. After a long moment, he finally nodded to the small twitching man. Fine, he spat at the man. But if you disobey one order, we leave you trussed up like a hog. We leave you behind trussed up like a hog. Anthony held out his hand to shake with this traitor. Dunley shook his hand gingerly and nodded. Agatha tugged his hand harder, finally pulling him around to face her. Her look of concern floored him. He'd taken a gamble letting Dunley stay, but he hadn't taken Agatha's emotions into account. The look on her face was enough to stop him in his tracks. How had this woman become such an integral part of his life in such a short time? He shook his head as if to clear it. She looked back up at him expectantly. What do you think you're doing? She whisper yelled. He blinked. He was at a loss for words, and it took him a second to formulate his thoughts. He knows his way around the camps. He'll be able to make his way in and out unmolested. He'll be able to speed this up and get us back on English soil faster. We'll get our secrets and be out of there in no time, Anthony explained. But he held a gun to your head, she said. She put extra emphasis on the word gun. He nodded. But he held a gun to your head. No. Yeah, I don't think that's how she would put it. I, no. I think I actually did it perfectly. You did it the fine time. the first time. Yeah, but I really wanted to go for emphasis. Ugh, you already had. Plus, the way you do Anthony's speech pattern is so ridiculous. Sometimes he sounds a bit like Seinfeld. Which yeah, is not or something like, like he sounds, not even Seinfeld, he sounds like, what's his face? George. I'm like, he's nothing (laughs) like George. What are you doing? Nor is Agatha, because sometimes you also do Agatha like George. I'm like, why are we doing this? Was that wrong? Should I not have done that? (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Okay, then. Okay, what's his face? What's his name? Jason Alexander. No, no, Jason Alexander. That's the guy who plays George. No, 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 no. What, who's the, who's the creator guy? Larry David? Larry David. Yeah. Well, I do, like, semi-deeply identify with Larry David. I know. So, mm, That's I see. part of the problem. Anyway, keep going. 
You're supposed to be an actor. Yes, and I'm extremely well suited for playing characters who are just like me. Who are Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Full stop. And, and Larry David. No, and and uh, oh, you're George, George, George in Seinfeld. That's yeah. the character you deeply identify with more than anyone else. I think. Oh my god! All I'm saying is more than anyone else. I don't think else. I knew that. <laughs> Who am I You're supposed to terrifying. identify with? I assumed it would be Jerry, which is also terrifying because none of them are great. Yeah. Oh my god! Who do I identify with? Am I Cosmo? Because I'd be fine with that. <laughs> I can go with that. Am I fine? Is that really what you think? Or are you just saying it because I said I'd be fine with it? No, I don't think you're anything like any of those I'm characters. Like anyway. So it's really hard to say. Uh, neither am I. <coughs> I know. But he was alone, scared, and hungry, and on the run from his sergeant, Anthony said. He felt like he owed her more than that, but he didn't know why. I won't let him touch you. You'll be safe, I promise, Anthony said. He knew he couldn't really make this promise, but after speaking with the small, twitchy man, it really hit in the small. He's like small almost every time. Yeah, I should have used something different. But I wanted to really give the impression that he's like really like, you know... Mm, he's really uh, fragile. Like he's small, but like he's. I need another word. Mm-hmm. He's um like fragile almost, but also like he's on some sort of drug. Like just like really jumpy. Okay, he's a tweaker. Kind of proto tweaker. All mm. right. Anyway, um, he's a twitcher, which is by the way a British word for bird watcher, which I just love. That is good. I do like that. But I didn't reread. If I had reread mm-hmm. it, I would have noticed how many times I had said small oh. or in twitchy. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't. I would use that. other words. Yeah, know? no. Let's not go crazy and start rereading these things. Um, but after speaking with the small twitchy man, he really didn't think they had anything to fear from him. The man's desperation was enough to convince him that he wasn't a killer. He knew how a person could get pulled into a life they didn't want for lack of options. If this man loved his wife as much as Agatha was beginning... Oh, that sentence was really going to go off the rails if I continued with that mistake. If this man loved his wife as much as Anthony was beginning to suspect he loved Agatha, then he completely understood doing whatever was necessary to get back to her. I wrote that correctly, right? You did. You okay. did. No, I, I just said Agatha instead of Anthony. And then um, I we really want... shouldn't have picked two A. Yep. That was my fault because I introduced. Yeah, you did name I Agatha, Agatha, which I still stand firm that that is just like the worst name ever for this book. Keep going. Um, Agatha just looked at him. She seemed unconvinced. He understood why. He braced both hands on her arms and squeezed gently. She didn't say anything more. After holding his gaze for a long moment, she nodded. Her trust in him made him feel like the world's strongest man. He hoped that her trust wasn't misplaced. But he'd be damned if he let anyone harm a hair on her head. Having made her decision, she moved away from him 
and started to ready herself for travel. He made his way to his own saddlebag and finally switched into a shirt that had all its sleeves. Hmm. Well, now that I'm thinking of Seinfeld, I want him to be wearing the puffy sleeve shirt. Oh, that would be good. Anyway. But, but like, he can't just be parading around the countryside with his arms out. That would be way too noticeable. Because that's just weird. Well, yeah, like the sun glinting off his massive no, biceps and no. alerting well, the French also, army. No, I mean, it's dark outside. It's going to get cold. Oh, he runs hot. It's night. Uh, anyway. yeah, he might I have a coat I of some like sort. I don't like any of this. I think he has a coat. He's just Why wasn't he his, like, wearing his shirt? coat before? He probably was. He shrugged it off yeah, in a single motion. You did not. You did not write that in. <laughs> Maybe I'll make it so he tore the sleeves <laughs> of his coat off and his arm. No, and he turned no, his coat into no. like a nice, like heavy vest. No, no one would do that. <laughs> no one would ruin a perfectly good coat in 1690. No one. Especially because you know he only has one coat. Okay. So he ruined a shirt. We're agreed. Ugh. <laughs> I hate it so much. He was grateful. <laughs> oh my god, you really don't see the knife. He was grateful for the extra coverage. He didn't feel like such an ignoramus now. I, well, because it's, it was so ridiculous. I couldn't get past that. I was like, you're just parading around through their walk in the woods with a sleeveless shirt on. Yeah, it was. No one would do that. It would if they were sexy. No! <laughs> As the problem is, you, I didn't read the read the chapter or listen to the episode and, and you know, reacquaint what? yourself with how justified it no, really it was in the narrative. It was not, and you fucking know it. After a few minutes, everyone was ready. Now, one of the mules was laden down with three people, making them even slower. There was nothing for it. They would be in Paris in two days. They would be ready. He crossed his fingers that the rest of the journey to Paris would be extremely uneventful. But with this crew, and at the rate they were going, he knew that was highly unlikely. He crossed his fingers anyway, and smiled at Agatha as she glanced over at him. And she smiled back, once again, making him feel like the strongest man in the world. With all his sleeves. The strongest man in the world never wears sleeves. That's not true. No, you don't get to be the strongest man in the world by wearing sleeves. I disagree. I think well, you can be strong and have all your clothing in place. As the strongest man in the oh, world, yeah. I would know. Uh -huh. Granted, I am uh -huh. wearing sleeves right now. So yeah, it see? See? All right. Anyway, there's one last sentence. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. He was in trouble. End of chapter. Yep. Hell yeah. That's it. That's the end. So I get to write a totally uneventful trip to Paris where nothing I kind of hope so. I mean, you could easily just be like two days later they were in Paris and just start from there. Yes, where if they start their to. cabaret act. Right. They go to Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Which I don't think it was a thing until obviously way later, but whatever. Isn't that a, isn't Moulin Rouge a real place? Yeah, absolutely okay. Anyway, as everyone waits to hear what happens in Paris and or on the way to Paris, we have to sign off to prepare the next episode of Romantic Underpinnings. Languidly yours. <laughs>